How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Sane podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm sitting with a good friend of mine that I've known for quite some time now, since high school, uh, Mr. Nick Wedlow. Welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, Nick has been a uh, football star from what I remember him being on the field and everything. Uh, but since then, he has gotten his aeronautical degree. Yep. And then uh, now he has this new venture where he is a published author of the book Overnight Father. Uh, and today, uh, I would like to welcome you to the show. Awesome, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Adam, man. It's a pleasure being here, bro. Really g- glad we got to, you know, link back up and uh, catch up and everything. Uh, I'm amazed at what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You've always, always been successful. We've had a relationship ever since like middle school or something like that. Um, and I'm really excited to be here and reconnect and, you know, talk about business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things I, I have to start out with is uh, you wrote this book. And uh, this book is really about your journey um, with becoming a father. Um, but tell me, in your opinion, who is this book written for? So my target audience for this book is you know, fathers who may be experiencing some type of difficulties with child custody and visitation. So that's my target audience. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just hoping it organically reaches that audience through like word of mouth and things like that. Cause I'm getting some great feedback so far, man. And I'm excited about, you know, its potential. Mm-hmm. And so how, what, what experience do you have in that realm? So as far as that, man, like I've experienced a, a contested custody battle and I went through a legal battle that was probably about five or six years long. Mm-hmm. And um, I gained a lot of different experiences working with several different lawyers throughout that time frame and that process. And I, you know, gathered my lessons, learned on everything that I had to overcome. And I pretty much put it in a book in story format. And it's a true story. Mm. So so let's dive in a little bit into the story. All right. Um, how did you become a father? Literally overnight, man. So that's the the title of it, you know, overnight father. And the way it happened was, you know, I was dating someone that I met, you know, back in the day in high school. And, you know, it was an interracial relationship. So we couldn't really popularize, you know, what we were doing mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, our parents knowing and everything. So, so it was very hush-hush. Yeah, it was kind of hush-hush. Like close friends knew, but... Um, beyond that, like nobody really knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept it that way for a reason because, you know, I didn't want to, <laughs> you know, make sure. anyone's, you know, family upset or their, their dad for one, you know, you know how dads can be really protective of, of their little girls, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I really respected that. And, you know, what happened was she gave me a phone call one night. I was about to go to bed and she was like, Hey, I'm in the hospital. I just had a baby. And that's the way I found out. You, know, you, you didn't even know during that. I didn't even know that, you know, she was pregnant because my son was like two and a half months premature. So she never really got big and was showing her anything. Mm-hmm. So um, Did she ha- ever have any idea, you think? Honestly, man, I'm not really sure. sure. You know, I, I have my assumptions, you know, and I, I think she may have had an idea. But I also think that, you know, she was too afraid to share that and, wow. you know, didn't really know how to handle it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually confronted her about it a couple of times because, you know, rumors started going around, bro. And, you know, 
know. This is before she had the child. This is before she had a child. And rumors started going around and they got back to me and my mom. So my mom approached me and was like, hey, people are saying that, you know, such and such is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, wait a minute. I'll go ask her. Like, I, that, I didn't know that. You so know at that point, did you, I, I mean, was the relationship on broadcast at that point? It, I mean, all, everybody's talking about like this uh, potential baby, right? Yeah, yeah. So at that point, that's what really spiraled the rumors and, you know, everything started, people started gossiping, you mm-hmm. know, because we started seeing, being seen together a lot, you know sure. what I'm saying? Because I played football and, you know, she was a huge football fan. So um, we would start to interact in public. Mm-hmm. Um, because we weren't really at that point, like we didn't realize what the perception was. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And we was not necessarily trying to hide it either. Um, but from our parents, we didn't really. I didn't mind if they knew. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I kind of wanted them to know because it would have made me feel more comfortable doing what we were doing. Sure. Um, but then you know, I don't know, like if her parents had any issues with it. Um, I later on, you know, found out that they did you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. um at the time i was under the impression that they knew we were cool and they knew we were you know dating but it was a completely different story like when she went home mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that, that must have been so tough you yeah. know uh you know you are at this time how old were you i was 17 17 yeah you know going through high school uh playing football yeah uh, on track to that, get a scholarship yeah just yeah. Uh, scholarship and everything yeah. and all of a sudden this literally comes out of nowhere yeah right um do you recall how you felt honestly man it was so many different emotions i was experiencing at once man it was like complete shock um was you like did you like she lied to you right like to a certain extent right to a certain extent yeah she withheld it from me Mm. i'm not gonna you know um say she was lying about it okay um maybe she didn't know i don't know like she was 16 i was 17 so like we didn't have, have a lot of experience with that. Um, but the information was definitely withheld from me. Um, if there were any symptoms or anything like that, like I wasn't really aware of those. Mm-hmm. Um, had I known, it would have been good information to know because maybe I could have told my parents a little earlier. But as far as the emotions I was experiencing, it was just shock, worry, concern, um, and just disbelief, man. Wow. So... And I had to deal with all that in one package, bro, from a phone call, you know? And it was like, wow, like, I, I remember pacing back and forth in my room for like an hour before I went to go wake my mom up because she was asleep at the time. What time was it? It was like 10 o'clock, Wow. Man. 10 o'clock at night, man, so. So you get moms up. Yeah. <laughs> what mom say? Uh, she didn't really say anything, bro. Like, I told her and she just like put her hand over her mouth like she wanted to scream, but like she didn't make a sound. And, you know, like, the way she was looking at me, it felt like I had let my mom down for the first time. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that was a rough experience for me, bro. Cause like at that point, I had never really disappointed her on a on a big stage like that. Um, and you know, I, I believe that she thought that I was lying to her about uh, the rumors that were going around. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't really defend myself because the perception. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She asked me, I told her no. Cause I really thought that, you know, she wasn't pregnant, but in reality, um, she was, mm-hmm. and that made me look like a liar to sure. my mom, you know? So that was, that was really rough to deal with. But after the first time she held my son was like, I was completely forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Like she yeah. sw- immediately switched into grandparent mode and it was just like loving and supportive. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Um, so after after that point in time, you know, you 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 kind of you had to make a call of whether or not you what type of role you wanted to play in the child's life. Yep. How did you come across your decision, and what made you do what you did? Honestly, it was a no-brainer to me because, you know, historically, the childhood father figures I had, I learned something from all of them. Wow. So, and I honestly announced, like, who my biological father is in this book. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, a lot of my family um, didn't really know, like, who my actual bio dad was. Like, my last name isn't from my bio dad. Um, and I had to announce that in the book because I felt like that shaped the way I wanted to parent because my biological father wasn't there for me. So I immediately wanted to be there for my son. And that was all I needed to make my decision on whether or not I was going to be present or distant. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so and so for you, uh, when you were making that call, uh, you said that you actually did not have kind of like that type of relationship with your dad. Yeah. But you, you mentioned in here that there were father figures that you did have. And yep. they were the ones that kind of like shaped your decision ultimately. Absolutely. Um, I think it's very, uh, that's such an amazing thing, right? Like, you know, the, the, the relationship between, um, you know, father and son is, is an extremely special one. Yep. For you to be able to break, I guess, that cycle and say, hey, look, I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to be there for my child, I think speaks volumes to your character and who you are. I appreciate that, man. Um, and, and this is what this book is really about, is about, you know, who you are as a person. And not only that, but how you can help shape the way that fathers interact with their children. Absolutely. Right? Uh, which is super cool. Um, so at, at this point, you, you, you find out about the pregnancy. Uh, the, school, oh, the, the school is being extremely supportive of everything that you're doing. Um, you, you have a scholarship at this point? Yes. Okay. So I already had a scholarship. I had already signed my letter of intent. I was just getting ready to, you know, coast until the end of the school year and then go off to college. So mm -hmm. another decision had to be made. Like, you know, and I remember sitting down like, hey, so what do you want me to do? Because like. Who are you sitting down with? Um, with my son's mom. Okay. So I was like, hey, what do you want me to do? Because I have this scholarship and I really think, you know, I can go off and be successful and position myself to provide better for you know our child so the decision was made that I still go off and pursue my you know scholarship dreams so you you went to you went to play yes I okay. went to play at uh, Ball State University okay so that's in the mid-Atlantic conference okay and um yeah man full ride scholarship wow running back um mm -hmm. got up there to Indiana and it was a complete culture shock you know compared to Georgia because you know they have all the seasons up there and they almost can have all the seasons in one day. So that was like pretty extreme for me, man, like going to practice in the snow and yeah. stuff like that. So um, it was a, a very hard transition going from Georgia to like Indiana and getting used to a full academic and athletic schedule. It was almost like having a job, bro. And, you know, in college, everybody's the best player from their high school. You know what I'm saying? So that was my first experience really having to compete to – you know, prove to the team that I can help win. Mm -hmm. I can help the team win. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a rough transition for me because um, it was a very hard schedule to balance, um, going to class and going to practice and then going to study hall after that and 
you know, having the right papers and balance all of that on a weekly basis was just rough, especially in addition to the other other distractions of college, like, you know, partying, partying, like women and like, you know, all the different distractions of college, just trying to balance all of that stuff. Like, it was too much for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be honest, it was it was a little too much for my level of maturity at that point. So had a rough transition. I wasn't successful. Um, I wasn't able to keep my GPA high enough to maintain my scholarship. So I ended up being back home in my mom's house, bro. And that was like a really rough, you know, wake up call for me. And at that point I was like, man, I have the son that I have to care for, provide for. So I was like, what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I decided to go and talk to a recruiter and I joined the Air Force. Okay. Yeah. So so you, you spent how long of a period of time in Indiana? It was about three semesters. Okay. Yep. So, and then that wasn't working out too well. Uh, during this time, were you able to still, you know, see the baby? So when I was home, yes. Okay. We still had a, a great co-parental relationship. I was able to see the baby, like, when I visited home from, like, you know, school and football and all that. Um and then, you know, I entered into the Air Force. I was like, hey, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, step my game up a little bit and re-vector myself, get myself on the path of success. Went off to the military, and that's when I was able to really establish myself financially. And um, like I said, we were still having a, a good co-parental relationship. So we was able to, you know, go to court, and I was able to legitimate myself as the father of my son. Because in the state of Georgia, when, you're, when your child is born out of wedlock, you have to legitimate yourself as the father. How do you do that? DNA so, test or what is that? Uh, yeah, DNA test um, is one way you can do it. And you can also like go into the courthouse and say, hey, this is my son. I signed a birth certificate or my, my daughter or whatever the case may be. And then uh, you take it to court and you, it's, you file a petition to legitimate yourself wow. with the courts. And, um, and that's how you do it. And she was on board with it. So I was able to establish legitimation. Uh, child custody i got joint custody at that time but she was like the primary custodial parent originally and then i was also able to establish a visitation agreement in addition to an amount of child support that i can provide mm -hmm. and um we got all that stamped by a judge this was back in like 2009 um and then i just started spending my child support or paying my child support uh and exercising my visitations um, through like summers and like Christmas and stuff like that. Um, and everything was going fine at first, you know, but like I said, over time, the distance, it kind of made things more difficult. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money when I first got into the military, but eventually I was able to, you know, build up and, and acquire more rank and, mm -hmm. you know, more authority and things like that to help me exercise more visitation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, after I ended up, I ended up getting married to my current wife. Okay. Um, and then from there, that's when things really got difficult. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I started being denied like my visitations because I, I don't want to sure. blame it on that, you know. But um, that really, you know, changed the shape of the co-parental relationship. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And um, it just became very difficult for me to continue my visitations. And I didn't really know how to deal with it at first. So luckily, I had some great mentors who were able to guide me and help me navigate those murky waters. And um, I was able to sit down with a paralegal um, and 
I ended up speaking with a lawyer, and that's that's when the custody battle started. So, mm -hmm. like, um, initially, you know, I started, you know, filing for motions of contempt because when your court order is not being abided by, you can hold the other person in contempt. Mm -hmm. And then they'll, they'll have to explain why they didn't follow what was in the original order. And that's how you start that paper trail and start really gaining momentum on you know, making sure that the other party sticks to the agreement because nobody likes standing in front of a judge and explaining why they didn't do sure. what they were supposed to do. So, and that's how you can really start that paper trail and give yourself some advantage and momentum so that when you eventually get to like a custody modification, um, you will have that leverage and that paper trail to show like, hey man, like I can provide, here's how I've been, you know, prevented from getting my visitations and be able to prove it through like receipts and screenshots and um, emails and all this other stuff that you can show like, hey, just pretty much paint the pictures for a judge to assist them with making the best decision for the best interest of the child. So, so right now you're like hitting on like the legal side a lot. What was it like for, for him, right? Like while he was growing up, what was the experience there uh, between um, the son and the mother of the child, like, what was that like? So their relationship has always been great. And, you know, which is okay, but um, he didn't really understand that he needed both of his parents. Regardless of whether or not they stayed together, it was still beneficial for him to see both of his parents. Mm -hmm. So he didn't really understand that at the time. And he was too young to, you know, actually comprehend what was going on. And there was a lot of emotions from him, like frustration and disappointment and lack of understanding that he had to cope with over time. And, um, you know, eventually after I got custody, I was able to get him with the counselor to help him, like, process all those feelings and emotions and, you know, really accept what was happening for him. Like, not only did he not understand it, he also didn't want it to happen. Wow. Yeah. Because that <clears throat> because what his life before is what he was used to. Yeah. And so that must have been crazy for him to kind of have to go through, right? Oh yeah. Um, for for you know the the decisions that you're making, I mean, you know, all all of these things sound so challenging and difficult. Yeah. Um, what type of advice would you have someone that is maybe going through something very similar? Well, the best advice is you got to stay persistent, bro. You gotta, you know, utilize your resources, position yourself. And it's really a mentality you got to have. Like um, me personally, I didn't want to allow myself to, you know, just give up on my child, give up on the visitation. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew um, I had a shot. I knew I can provide. Um, so I just stayed persistent and resilient. It's, it's really resiliency mm -hmm. um, is the best, you know, recipe for it. Because there were times where I actually tried to give up. And I actually wrote, yeah, I wrote about that in my book too, like mm -hmm. how... It became so overwhelming and so stressful at one point and so financially draining that I was like, bro, like, is it really worth it? You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I felt like it was. So, mm -hmm. you know, I continued to just push and push. How did you find the strength to continue? Uh, family members, man. Just luckily I had a great support group around me who kept me, kept me focused and, you know, uplifted me through all the downfalls. And that was the key because, like I said, I wanted to give up, man, several times. Um, but I stayed persistent, stayed consistent, um, utilized the strategy, 
and you know eventually was successful mm -hmm. uh you mentioned you know this support group and i think that that's huge right um when 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 you go through things like this that are are so difficult uh it's so much easier just to say okay well i'm just going to you know, pay this child support and just, you know, give up visitation rights and, you know, all those things. I think it, again, speaks to your character. I mean, that that's what it keeps coming back to is like, you wanted this to happen and yeah. you made it happen. Um, these people that were part of your support group, who were they? Um, so uh, my wife, my mom, uh, my sister, uh, cousins and, you know, brother, like everybody, you know, I had friends and um, I also had like, friends that became family over time who just heard about it and wanted to, you know, jump to my support. So um, eventually friends in high places started making phone calls from me and things like that. Um, and I kind of really go in depth in the book, but, um, you know, somebody really made an, an important phone call to the sheriff for me. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Locally? Locally. Okay. Yes. Um, and that was able to really get things moving in my direction. Because before that, I tried everything I could. Um, even though I was successful in, in court, when I went to go and, you know, get my child to come and live with me, mm -hmm. like, um, like I was denied that opportunity. And So I they had, granted it to you, but then they yeah. took it away? No, no, no. So the courts granted it to me. Mm -hmm. But when I went to go, you know, retrieve my child from, you know, his mom, um, it was very difficult to, you know, get her to comply with the order. Mm. And, um, you know, I couldn't get her on the phone. She wasn't responding to my texts and things like that. Um, so it was very difficult to get them. So I had to get the police involved and, you know, make all these phone calls. And I was scrambling and, you know, uh, some very supportive people really uh, came to my aid mm -hmm. and helped me, you know, establish it. And I name drop them in the book, you sure. know. Um, but I'm very thankful for those people. So we get to the point where, you know, you've gone through all these experiences and you've done all of this. At what point does the book become a reality? Like, wh at what point do you decide, hey, it's time to really tell my story? Well, I've always been a writer, man. So, like, um, I remember in elementary school, like, writing short stories and poems and stuff like that. Um, I won a few essay contests for writing and things like that. Um, I got my bachelor's degree, so I got a bachelor's of science in aeronautics mm -hmm. from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, and most of that is just, you know, writing papers. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always enjoyed it, and I saw, like, my cousin pu published a book recently, and I was like, hey, like, I reached out, like, hey, you know, talk, book talk to that? me about the process. That was the class door, Felicia George Prince, doctor, okay. doctor, okay. Felicia George Prince uh, published her book called The Class Door, okay. and... um that was very inspirational for me. So, you know, I ended up reaching out to her like, hey, like, just kind of talk to me about the process. And luckily she was able to, you know, walk me through what she knew um, about the book writing process and gave me some contacts. And from there, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just try it, bro. Like- How long ago was this? This was actually a year ago, man. It's been a full year now. Yep. And so right now, what are you, what are you working on? You are uh, touring with the book. Uh, yep. You came back to Statesboro. We're happy to have you back. Uh, we're doing a book signing today. Yep. Uh, just getting kind of like the message out. Yep. Um, what What are the other steps that you're taking currently? So right now I have a company called Unfaltering Fathers, LLC. Okay. So, um, and the fathers is an acronym 
It stands for families always thrive having essential role models. Love that. You know, and like our mission is to just connect, educate, and inspire fathers from all walks of life to share inspiration and education and knowledge and just, you know, kind of work together and network so that we can position ourselves to collectively get more time with our kids. I think that's so important. I mean, you know, the work that you're doing is so valuable to the community as a whole. Uh, what is the dream? What's what's the hope and 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 uh, aspirations of everything that you're doing right now? What do you hope to achieve? So the dream is to just you know help position fathers to spend more time with their kids. Mm. Um, and actually, man, I just got you know a testimony from one of my bros who I've been helping out for years. Like he'll just reach out to me sometimes, like, "Hey, man, I'm going through this." Um, this is what my child's mom is doing. Like, what should I do? You know? Yeah. And um, essentially it's like coaching. And I didn't really realize it until recently, but like I've been coaching people through situations like this and providing them the knowledge and resources that I have. And it's already producing dividends. Like one of my bros called me and was like, hey man, just want to let you know, bro. Like I got custody of my son recently and it's all because of you. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's the mission for me. That's the dream for me to just help out as many people as I can uh, do that. You know what I'm saying? And through this book, I've been able to reach people on a, a wider scale to, you know, give them the knowledge that I have and, you know, providing that advice and inspiration so that you know, essentially they can get more time with their kids. You know, uh, I think us as a culture right now, uh, I don't know, you know, what the specific statistics are out there. Um, but a lot, there's a lot of homes out there that do not have their fathers. Yeah. Um, for you to be positioned in a way where you are promoting, you know, that idea of it's so it's it is so valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, to try to do that. Um, what challenges do you see ahead of you? Honestly, man, like I think most of the laws, as far as like paternity rights and fathers' rights just are just kind of outdated in my opinion, mm. you know what I'm saying? So I think we really got to target those laws and make sure they're updated to where we are now. Um, for example, like, what, like what, what would be an example of that? Like, so for example, in the state of Georgia, roughly only fathers get only 20% of visitation time with their children, roughly. Mm -hmm. Just think about that for a minute. Like mm -hmm. all the fathers in Georgia, just 20% of the time with their kid. Like mm -hmm. if you think about it, by the time they're 18, if you only get 20%, like, what percentage is that as far as, like, four years or something like that? Mm -hmm. like, that's right. So, um, that's not a lot of time, bro. Like, So, and, what, so the, the goal potentially is to change that? Yeah. What, what do you think would be more reasonable? And why, why is it set at 20? I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. it's not set at 20, but the statistics say gotcha. that roughly, that fathers only get roughly 20% of the time with their children, mm -hmm. you know, especially when they're not like married, you sure. know what I'm saying? So sure. um, I think ideal would be 50-50, sure. you know, just to keep it fair. That's right. So that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, roughly 70% of kids who commit suicide come from a fatherless home. That's astounding to me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And how do you, how do you, how do you help those people? I mean, do you think it's the, do you think it's the fathers that are at fault 
or do you think it's you know the legal system that's at fault? Where do you where do you think that the responsibility lies, right? Because like you you're a fighter, <laughs> yeah. right? You went in there and you said no. Like yeah. even when it was hard, you were like, "This is what I want. This is what I have to have." Yeah. But not everybody's going to be as hungry as you are. So, not only was it, I don't want to say it's, it's what I wanted. It mm. was more like this is what I deserve as yeah. a father. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's huge. Um, yeah, man. Like you definitely got to be a fighter. That's the only way. Because if you give up, you you already self eliminate. Mm-hmm. You're not even giving yourself a, a chance. Mm-hmm. And I just want to change that mentality because mm-hmm. it's possible. And that's why I put my testimony here so people can see like, hey, it's possible. And I want to, I want to really change the narrative mm-hmm. because we don't have to just sit back and just take this. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a word of advice, if there's a single thing that you could say to all those fathers out there, what would it be? that are in this uh, maybe a similar situation where, you know, they're trying to fight for the custody of their child, what, what they deserve to be a part of their child's life. What would you say? I would say, and I I know it sounds cliche, but don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Utilize your resources um, and, you know, make great decisions and actually maintain a relationship with your child because they're not going to give you custody if you can't prove that you have consistently been there for your kid. Mm-hmm. So be there for your kid, care about them. Don't give up. You know, try to be cordial with the other parent too because like all the fighting and stuff that's not going to give you any, you know, momentum. Mm-hmm. It's not going to really help you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be you know, use your wits about you. I know it's going to get tough. I know it's, those conversations are tough to have, mm-hmm. but we got to have them and we and the way to get some, you know, Momentum is to have them cordially, mm-hmm. and that's the best advice that I can give you. And I go so much into detail in the book about you know exactly what to do, exactly what not to do, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in there, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, where do people find the book at? So right now, uh, for autographed copies, okay. it's on my website, nicholasjwedlow.com. So my website also have merchandise on there. I have a few ebooks, things like that. But it's also on Amazon. Okay. So the book is on Amazon, ebook ebook format, also paperback. But if you want to autograph, go to my website, nicholasjwedlow.com. And how do people reach reach to you directly? What's the best to way to me get directly, in contact, contact um, with you? Facebook and Instagram, man. Mm-hmm. At Nicholas J. Wedlow. Okay. Yep. And and uh, who can reach out to you? Anyone, man, I really encourage fathers to reach out. Um, anyone who's interested in a book, anything like that. Um, I'm uh, business too, mm-hmm. you know, business ventures. There's a, uh, a a way to you know book me for events and things like that on my website as well. So I encourage every and anyone uh, to reach out to me and just have a conversation. Nick, I am so proud of everything that you know I've just heard. You know, I. Um you know, we, we lost touch for a, a good period of time, but to hear kind of, you know, you accepting the responsibility and not only accepting the responsibility, but to produce something of such value uh, to the community and then also help promote this idea that, you know, fathers are, are a invaluable part of their children's lives, I think is amazing. I appreciate that, bro. Um, And I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to 
you know, reconnect with you and just have a conversation, bro. It's been so long since we caught up, man. And I really appreciate the fact that you allowed me to, you know, come to your establishment, have a conversation, have some good food. Um, and yeah, man, I want to have some drinks too. So cool. let's celebrate. All right, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Thank you.